You're listening to the Bad Reputation Podcast, hosted by Todd Collins and sponsored by Anchor FM. If you haven't listened before, we've got two words for you. Listen up. From digital marketing tips, entrepreneurial stories, and more, you will get the most up-to-date info brought right to your ear. Follow Todd on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, and more at Todd Collins Official. Listen everywhere podcasts are available, like Spotify, Apple, Roku, and more. Are you guys ready? Now, your host of Bad Reputation, Todd Collins. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, Important, important episode uh, today. It's not even going to be this week. I'm going to put this episode out probably multiple times. The restaurant industry in Maryland, especially in Baltimore County, has been extremely kind to myself, our company, and my family. Um, a, A lot of restaurants, as you know, utilize our services at Restaurant Reputations. And, um, I've been sitting back and watching over the last few months as I've had to pause some current clients that we have, help them even for free at some point to try to get things done. Um, And at this point, I think most of you already know my opinion on the status Mm -hmm. of our, not only our state, but our county of getting back to work, being an entrepreneur myself, um, that economically, we cannot continue like this. Uh, emotionally, we can't continue like this. Um, it's, it's not only breaking up businesses. It's bre- I know for a fact it's breaking up marriages. I know it's breaking up a lot of things. Um, and so it's having, a, it's having a negative effect on an industry that perpetually has generated uh, you know, millions, of, almost billions of dollars for the state. And we are losing right now massively. So what I did is... Um, uh, believe it, I didn't really do anything to be quite honest with you. Steve Dellis from, from Michael's Cafe uh, in Timonium and in White Marsh um, or Middle River, whichever one you choose to call it, um, decided to, to reach out to me, texted me and said, hey man, we got to do something. We got to get some of these restaurant owners uh, uh, together, grouped together, and we got to start fighting back. And, uh, and that's what kind of has triggered this podcast episode. So I, I was able to bring together three of the best uh, I believe in Maryland, three current clients of mine, but three of the best restaurants, uh, restaurant owners and restaurant tours that you're going to find in Maryland currently right now. So we've got Nick Libertori. We've got, uh, it was from Libs Grill, Maple Lawn, and Libs Grill, Perry Hall. We've got Erica Russo uh, from The Point in Fells. Unfortunately, she's, she's, she's battling two different uh, people right now. Uh, the Point in Fells and the Point in Towson, right there in the center of Towson. And then we've got Steve Dellis from Michael's Cafe Antimonium and Michael's Cafe in White Marsh. Guys, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks. So let's, let's kind of begin where, you know, where this was already going in the beginning. So the beginning stages of this, um, you know, restaurants, I feel like you guys were kind of like the first ones to kind of start getting the, the pop of like, we got to shut you guys down, right? Um, Nick, Nick, how did you, in the very beginning of this, and it's probably, I know three months feels like three years right now. Yeah. Um, how did you start to pivot the business when they said, Hey, you guys got to shut your doors. We we're, we're shutting it down right now. Yeah, that was, um, something I didn't think I would, 
uh, face actually. In fact, we're, we're kind of most excited about, you know, well, it was a kind of mild winter. We didn't have to close down for anything like that. This is smooth sailing into, <laughs> into the summer, but that didn't happen. But uh, yeah, it was a, just to make a pivot. There were a couple of options. As, a, as an entrepreneur, uh, you really take extreme ownership seriously. So we want that control. So when that happens and the opportunities either, you know, to pivot, we're going to pivot as fast as we can. So getting the team on board, uh, sticking with our brand, uh, our core values, and involving our community to make decisions and menu changes uh, is kind of how it went. Now, the duration of and the extent of what uh, we're in now was definitely not known at that moment when we were making those pivots. And so I know that I visited the restaurant. Um, you know, we, I was there uh, and, and kind of saw the differences and the things that have changed. Um, you know, when you and I were talking um, earlier on, um, your restaurant looks completely different on the inside right now. I mean, it's, it's, it is not set up for dine-in. There's no question about that. What did you have to do from a staffing standpoint? Did you, I mean, did you, I'm, my assumption is you had to lay some people off. You had to do cer some certain things. Tell me about some of the sacrifices that you had to make um, during this time. Yeah, I mean, the entire team uh, from management all the way down, I uh, was able to retain ma all managers, um, some key uh, associates, uh, but at a reduced pay, including myself, of course, um, let furloughing uh, several people. Uh, at that point, it was to make sure we have a really strong line of communication. The last thing you want, and some of the things I think people at this, uh, at this meeting right now are feeling is that lack of communication is not, is not good. So on an ongoing basis, we've aligned some communication channels for our team to know where we stand, what's going on, and how they can be involved in getting us open, and how they can kind of support their family. So uh, creating a line of communication was, was really important, but we were just not set up. I mean, 95% of our business was uh, on-premise, about 5% of it was for carry-out, and that was just kind of an afterthought. Um, when you go 180 the other way, um, you got to redesign, um, and that's what we kind of did. I got wires and POS systems all over the place. Like, I mean, we don't have plateware. It's all saran wrapped in the attic right now. It's We look like a giant mess of a carryout uh, operation but you have to convert it and now it's to, to see what's on the other side is kind of scary and, and what it, what your restaurant uh, layout has to look like and staff it's, it's unknown real quick question for you since, since you've seen that you know that percentage that you were just talking about that a majority of it was dine in uh, are will this evolve your restaurant into maybe focusing on carryout a little bit more now based on that this situation has occurred without a shadow of a doubt absolutely even to the logistics to the training uh to the menus um i, I don't think this is going away anytime soon uh so if you're going to tell me that when things get back to normal um that 70 percent of my business is going to be dine in and 30 percent isn't i'm going to say that 30 percent of my, my my business footprint is going to change them yeah yeah I, I i agree with you i agree with you um i'll get back to you on how you're currently doing and carry out in, in a second so Erica, um, I know that you, you know you have two locations, and and both 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 of these guys. This is what's kind of interesting is about it is all three of you have two. You have multiple locations. You have two locations. They're in different counties. I, well, close to different counties, but they're they are far apart yeah. from each other. I know Steve, yours are in. Are they in both or same county? Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. So Erica is kind of dealing with Baltimore City and Baltimore County at the exact same time. You know, we're seeing restaurants close right now. I mean, really close in the city. I know that there's more stories behind the stories of restaurants actually closing and or actually not closing, but moving and things of that nature. You're right there in Fells, or right there in Fells Point. Um, Green Turtle, gone. 
they shut their doors. Um, I know that that was, pro again, also a business move too because they're owned by the same people in Towson. They've rebranded, and I think that's actually a good thing for them. Um, but they've shut their doors. Um, the question here is really, it happened to you. They told you the same thing. You got to close it down. You got to shut up shop. Um, how did you react in the beginning? So I think in the beginning, as well as everyone else, we didn't think it was going to be for very long. Um, we were actually open and very busy uh, during our Monday brunch um, when we got the information that we had to close down at 5 p.m. So, um, you know, immediately we just started closing down the restaurant, communicating with our staff, letting them know, hey, this is what's going on. Um, give us a few days to figure out what the next move is. Um, and then we spent approximately two days just kind of going over everything, the pros, the cons of opening, doing carry out, um, and we just decided to close. And so we knew that the safety of our employees and customers, um, you know, we felt comfortable with opening back up. You know, like Nick said, it's, it's a huge difference. All of us are mainly dine-in and, you know, bar-style restaurants and bars. So when you're going from something like 90% of that being in-house versus carry-out, you know, we weren't even, we didn't have enough to go stuff. And then it was running short. The supply and demand was out of control. Um, so for us, we, we took the time to just step back and reevaluate everything. Um, we had a game plan for reopening for just carry-out, but um, this, my, as far as my city location, it didn't feel right. Um, it's very overpopulated. I don't think anyone knew enough about the virus to be able to make the proper call whether or not they should be out or not out, wearing masks, not wearing masks. Um, and then in the Towson location, we did try to do carry out, and there's just so many problems with the placement of that location that the logistics didn't work out. You know, there's not parking. Um, York Road is very congested. You can't really stop and get out. Um, so the safety of customers was a big concern, too, um, because we were tying up York Road, and we just didn't – we wanted to make sure that everything that we were doing was prop, were being done properly. So we decided to shut down, and, you know, we're, we're waiting for the go-ahead to get back open at some kind of level. So, so obviously, your, your employees are, are furloughed, my assumption is, right? Um, you, you, yeah. had to, you had to walk them. I'm sure you had to walk a majority of them through how to, to uh, uh, get unemployment and, and file for unemployment and things of that nature. It, at this point, it doesn't even matter if you file for unemployment. The odds of you actually even getting unemployment are slim to none anyway. So these people are, and these, these are people that are servers, they're bartenders, things that they, they thrive on that daily money coming in for them and they're not getting that um wh what's the feeling within your team right now like are they are is everyone questionable as an owner you probably have to feel like how am i going to get my employees back that are receiving unemployment right now at you know the four whatever it is the 400 or whatever odd dollars they might be getting on top of the 600 um incentive that uh the president had put in there and hey li listen I'm all for it. I'm glad that he did that for people um, because let's be completely honest, none of us on this call right now could survive in $400 a week, I can assure you. I know everybody in this room's case and it ain't happening. So um, at the end of the day, um, none of us could survive on that. And I don't believe any of our employees could really either. So um, what's the feeling right now? What's the emotions right now that, that they're feeling? 
Well, I'll kind of break that down a little bit. I, I mean, I think the, the no one was expecting to stay on unemployment this long. I think for at least four or five weeks, I was basically working for unemployment. I mean, none of my staff knew how to even file. Um, there were so many things that were going wrong, and it was janky, and, you know, you had to put the right dates in. And so that was, you know, that was a big issue for a lot of, a lot of business owners, um, you know. And then once they finally got it, you know, it, it's do we go back to work? Do we feel safe to go back to work? And on the other side, do we want to give up the 800 to to $1,000 that I'm making sitting at home doing nothing? So, you know, I ended up um, furloughing everyone. I said, look, please collect unemployment. I want to put your best interest first. When I can get back open, you will have your job. You know, you're, you're more than welcome to either take it back or not. Um, and that's kind of my biggest obstacle right now is getting people to come back to work. Um, it, you know, 50% of it's safety, 50% of it is why should I have to work for something? And, and, and carry out is, very, is a very unknown. You can pay your staff hourly plus tips, um, but it's still probably not going to make up to what they were making when they were bartending, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, or what they're making on unemployment. So that's a huge obstacle right now. Um, I'm at the point where, you know, I'm hiring back people, and if they don't take the job back, what do I do? I'm technically supposed to notify unemployment, but, you know, I see both sides of it. So it's really hard for a business owner, especially doing just carry out. I also feel like if we had either outdoor seating that was available or 50% capacity that was available, people will be inclined to get back into the workforce, um, not only for for them to feel that, you know, they're not just sitting at home every day and they feel valued as a, an employee. Um, but I also think that it will help the economy huge. I mean, not only are we now giving people jobs and they're making money, they're spending money. They feel comfortable about leaving their home and they may not, you know, they'll order food from somewhere, um, whether or not, you know, it's liberatories instead of eating at home that day after they got off work. So I feel like there's, you know, employment is a huge thing. I mean, it's, it's by having a restaurant closed, it is such a trickle down effect. I mean, there's so many vendors. It's not like we're just buying food and, and, and liquor products. You know, it's everything from linens to exterminators to trash removal. I mean, there's so many people, right? Exactly. Todd, you know, there's so many people, social media marketing, there's so many people that revolve around the restaurant business it's not just us as owners and employees that we open the door and we say hey look you know we're open and we're awesome you know it's people like local farmers that are bringing us our produce and our local fishermen i mean you know i've been using the same local crabber for 10 years and i feel so bad you know he's bringing me softies and he's just like i need to work so you know restaurants isn't aren't just about people coming out and dining and getting something to drink it's about it in a full circle. Yeah, and I think a lot of people forget about that. I, I, I think a lot of people do forget about the trickle-down effect of and how much uh, restaurants in, in any state, any county, it doesn't really matter, especially in Baltimore County, the, the uh, amount that the restaurant industry actually uh, um, picks up and takes, it's, it's almost comparative to the construction and contracting in some, in some other states, in my opinion, right? So like um, in the restaurant industry in Baltimore County, especially, um, and I, you guys have seen the numbers. When I do the Baltimore County Restaurant Week, 
um, promos that I do, um, you, you know, 1.5 billion, I think, dollars in revenue for the county, um, 26,000 jobs, I believe, if not more than that. I mean, that's, that is, that's insanity, right? Um, I should also mention that you guys are allowed to cuss on this. So if you're, if you get pissed off during this, let her rip. Um, thank you. I appreciate that, Eric. And we'll, we're going to come back to you, Steve. Um, you were kind of the perpetual, the perpetuator of this. And, um, in the beginning, you were actually the first person who reached out to me. And I remember you saying, Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. Um, so I need to make some changes. And of course I'm obliged immediately. And, um, we stayed in touch and then I get a text message and you're just like, dude, I've had enough. I'm, 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 I'm over this. And at that same point in time, I was feeling the exact same way that I was putting out there back to work, back to work, just pounding it in people's heads and faces. And, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. I've lost friends over this. My opinion, I've lost, I've lost friendships, possibly not my real friends at that point, but I've lost friendships over the opinions that I have right now. Um, but that is the, that's the mindset I believe of an entrepreneur is um, doesn't matter if it's a fucking pandemic or it's a war. Um, that's what we're in right now. And you got to choose a side. And, uh, you know, I've, I've chosen my side. I've chosen the side to, you know, get on the side of my, my people. My people are the people that have helped me through the years. And this is now, now I have to choose a side. Probably not the best side to choose as a reputation management or PR agency, but it is what it is. I'm choosing a side and I'm making a difference and it is what it is. Um, so Steve, you reached out, you texted me, you had the plan. I'm texting Johnny O, everything else like that. And we're going to get to that in a second. Cause I know that's what everybody wants to hear about, but let's talk about when they told you the exact same thing. You got to shut it down. Mr. Dallas too bad. I don't know what to tell you. What's going through your mind at that point. I mean, we tried to stay open for a, about a week, but we quickly realized it's a losing situation. Um, and also, you know, in, in the concern of health and safety for both our guests and employees, we decided to shut things down. Uh, up until about a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were able to secure the PPP for both places. So that's helping out. So we're able to run at some sort of profitable level, at least for the next seven to eight weeks. Um, you know, we're right now in Timonium, we're about up to 15% of our sales and it's increasing every week. So I'm hoping we can get to that 20, 25% mark. Um, all that being said, once this PPP money runs out, it, that's a losing situation. It's an absolute losing situation. And, and if, they don't, if they don't get to phase two in the next couple of weeks, they, they have to get to phase two, I would say in, in three or four weeks to at least allow us to start gaining some momentum. So when these funds run out, and I'm talking, you know, just on my behalf right now, because I don't know if you, you guys got the funds. Um, once those funds run out, we're in a much better position and have a little bit in the bank to start paying for some, because we're going to be running at a loss, I think, for the next couple of months. You know, 50% capacity, <laughs> it's, it's not enough. I mean, I, I would say 75% of what we're used to doing is, is close to our break even. You know, I, I, I'm expecting to take a, a huge drop in, and, and pay to make this work. Yeah, I think we all are. I think, you know, and no matter what industry you're in right now, as a business owner, we're, we're all, I mean, we're, a lot of people, you know, again, and this is the restaurant industry for you. Everybody assumes, and, I've, and, I, and you've heard me say this to all three of you guys, everybody just assumes that restaurant owners 
like you guys go home, you lay your heads down at night on a pillow made out of $100 bills and uh, pull the blanket up over you and it's and, and it's a million dollar blanket. And unfortunately, you know, people don't see the ins and outs of the difficulties that you guys go through. I mean, my, you know, you guys in the restaurant in, in the restaurant industry, the owners always, in my opinion, are always self-sacrificial. They always give more to the people that are, are producing for them than the people than themselves. Um, and I see that in, in, in day in and day out. Um, as far as the eight week goes, got Erica, I don't know if you got any PP money, PPP money. Um, Nick, I don't know if you did. Did you guys get that? We were blessed. Yeah, we were able to get one at both locations. We got it at one location. The, the, we got it at Bells, and that's why we're open. Okay. So, and I know people have been struggling to get that, whether it was the bank that you were banking with or, or, or anything else, but like Steve said, eight weeks, okay? Um, and, and then you're, you're, back to, you're back to where you are. So, so what do you do in that situation, right? Like, do you, hire, you try to hire everybody back, you know, in eight weeks, you're, then you're crossing your fingers and it's, like, it's almost like a hope move. It's a risky move. It's a hope move. What are we gonna do in this eight weeks that's gonna be able to help us? And I agree with you 100%, Steve. 50% uh, would be great. But 50% is still a fucking joke. It's, mm -hmm. uh, if I've never walked in, by the way, to any of your, your restaurants, if I had to see 50% 50, 50 capacity with a six foot space in between people, uh, I, I don't even know what that would look like. And I can tell you right now, it's not financially viable for a restaurant at all. And there's going to be some restaurants that are just going to be like, yeah, we can open at 50%, but are we really going to do that? Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be a question that a lot of restaurant owners are, are going to answer. Steve, to, to ask you that, if they say, hey, we're going to let you open up at 50% capacity, or, is that something that you're, you're going to do? Absolutely. We're going to try to make it work, you know, but okay. at the same time, you know, give us a couple weeks of that and let's get to phase three. Let's, let's get to 75%. Let's get to 100% as soon as possible. You know, this, this, I keep on saying that if we opened up today at full capacity, we'd still have a huge hill to climb to get back to where we were to, you know, to, to pay down some of these losses, these, these loans that we're taking, um, you know, the, the money that we're dipping into our, our personal savings, you know, we're liquidating assets. It's, it's a more and more fucked up situation as the day goes on. Yeah. The longer it goes on, the, the more you're going to have to dip into that, that pool that you got, you guys kind of had there, that security blanket that you guys kind of had there. And I know, uh, you know, all three of you are going to have to do that. Um, Steve, so let, let's get into the situation. You, you opened up for a little bit, you shut back down, got the PP money, got open for carryout. I know that's going on right now. Uh, and then at that point, still not good enough. You reach out to Johnny O. Exactly. Um, I have send to the have text. Run us through that. Yeah, so I, I happen to have his number. I, I don't. I don't know the guy personally. Um, a friend of mine actually does know him and gave me his number. So I was reaching out to him last year about our grand opening in White Marsh Middle River um, to try to get him to come. So I figure I, I have this guy's number. Now's the time where I got to start bugging him. You know, so I, I sent him a, a long-winded, uh, to say the least, text the other night, and um, you know, reposted it on on social media. Um, you know, there's been a lot of traction there with that. Um, and he finally got back to me, uh, this morning and we had a conversation about an hour and a half ago. Can you run us through that conversation? Yeah. I mean, he, he kind of, you know, he, he thinks 
his hands seem to be tied, according to him. There hasn't been great communication between the county and the state. Um, when the state went ahead and issued um, the okay for phase one, he wasn't ready. The county wasn't ready. So that was their reason, reasoning behind delaying uh, phase one. And I got irritated when I heard about that delay because I'm thinking, okay, this is great. You know, when I, when I heard it from the governor, phase one is in, in effect. Phase two has got to be a couple weeks behind. So when they did that and said, oh, no, we're not going to let you do phase one, I lost my mind. I lost my mind. So he, he's, he's hoping that it, it sounds like in the next week they're going to try to approve this um, outside dining, you know, in the state. And I reassured him. I said, you guys got to be in line with that. There, there can't be any delays from this point on when it comes to um, the, the amendment to phase one as far as the outdoor dining, um, no delays on phase two and no delays on phase three whenever that might happen. So I came out of that conversation with him um, a little bit more confident about the situation. And I told him, I said, I, I hope you can stay true to your words. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest problem that we're dealing with right now with politicians, right? Uh, you know, not to get political on it, but I don't think we have a choice. We have to get political on, on, on this podcast in this episode. Um, we as a people, right, um, at, at least us growing up, uh, and we're all kind of around the same age, but I'm probably older than all three of you, but at the end of the day, it comes down to um, we've never seen anything like this. Our moms and our dads kind of went through a couple, a couple moves you know, we're there in the 80s, a couple things during the 90s and stuff like that. But we've never dealt with anything like this. Our parents never dealt with anything like this. My belief is that um, our parents would have reacted somewhat the way that we're feeling right now. Uh, they did not put up with um, the agenda um, that is happening currently in the county and the city. I don't believe, okay, I believe that him, him saying that to you, that there was a, it's again, it's a, it's, I call it passing the buck, okay? Well, he, so, he, he, he did make a point that he's not making that public. He doesn't, he doesn't, in his words, he doesn't want to make this a, a political pissing match between him and the governor. So, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. Well, too bad it's going to be public because it's going to be on this podcast. But regardless, um, it is what it is. The, at the end of the day, you know, my, my, my opinion was that Hogan passed the buck he was feeling the pressure. He passed the buck to the county executives and the mayors to make the decision. So now not everybody's kind of getting on him. I just popped over to Johnny O's Facebook page and his, his most recent posts, um, his most recent post, I mean, he's got some really good posts out here, but his most recent post was um, keeping the residents safe and informed remains our highest priority. We are prepared to respond to any potential impacts the virus has on our communities. Uh, and we have already taken steps to help protect the health of our residents. For the latest updates, visit our webpage for COVID-19 coronavirus. Goes on uh, after that. Um, the two replies, um, just looking at this, I didn't even get into the comments, but the two comments that are showing on that post are, what a fucking joke. You're a fucking joke. <laughs> and that's a lot of people's sentiment right now. And, I, and, 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 I, and I can understand that. For sure. Yeah, and, and I'm not calling the guy a joke. I've actually met the guy personally. We've been on the same stage at Baltimore County Restaurant Week. I don't have anything against the guy. It is what it is. 
I know that, that every business, including politics, has inner workings in the backside where you have to make sure that you're massaging over here to make sure this one's happy and massaging over here to make sure that that one's happy. I get that. But the masses, the masses, the majority in our community is saying open, not stay at home, be safe. There's, yeah, I, mean, I, I, have, I have plenty of friends that are left-leaning individuals and they agree. <laughs> this shit has gone on way too long. So it, 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 can't, it can't be good when it comes time, you know, for election season with these guys. Erica, go ahead, because I knew you were going to say something. Go ahead. It's optional. I mean, meaning that if they open us back up, if you do not feel, un but if you feel uncomfortable to leave your home, don't leave your home. Yeah, exactly. But allow the people that want to leave their home to leave their home. There is a lot of options. I mean, I know restaurant owners in different states, um, you know, Alex Smith, he opened up his place in Houston. I, you know, saw pictures of what's going on up there. I mean, if you, you should be able to at least open and put into place what they're asking, you know, six feet apart from each table, max number of people at each table, um, especially for if you have available outdoor seating, you should be able to open that up. Um, I know a lot of areas that have. Um, Ocean City, you know, that was one of the big areas that opened up. I've seen the boardwalks, you know, people are being responsible. Um, you know, if you want to go out, wear a face mask. If you, you're not quite sure, um, if you want to be able to go out and dine, you should be able to. And I understand there's, there's repercussions. We don't know enough about this virus. I understand that. But if restaurants and places are taking the precautions that they need to do, sanitation, the cleaning, you know, the things that they need to do. I mean, there's restaurants that are building partitions in between each table. Um, a lot of you guys, especially, Del or, I'm sorry, um, Michael has a nice outdoor area. You have a full parking lot. I know one of the things that um, I had spoke to um, Baltimore City about about two weeks ago was being able to use the streets and the parking lots in South Point, um, being it, obviously out of the owner's expense, building um, decks in that area. So, you know, in your footprint, obviously, but building decks in the streets that are removable after everything is over, um, you know, each location would probably get anywhere between three and 10 spots, you know, corner places like me, I'd have both streets, but to be able to put cables in there in the little deck area, six feet apart, you know, if owners are willing after we've taken such a huge hit if willing or are willing to put out money to be able to do these things they should allow us to you know Absolutely. at least at 50 percent capacity yeah and if i can chime in eric I, I i think everyone in the group is right on with that i mean there's an obligation and responsibility that we have and we will own that 100 percent to create a safe environment for our staff for ourselves and we have families that we're going in home to and we want to keep them safe so we understand our obligations safe handling of alcohol. I know that's not something that's, but there's a lot of responsibility that we take in being awarded the right to serve alcohol that the public might not know the responsibility that we take in having that, but we do a damn good job. If we're a restaurant that serves alcohol and food, we've taken our due diligence over the years to maintain that. So give us the responsibility of creating a safe environment for our staff and the public and we'll be, and hold us accountable to that, but allow us to open, allow the people to stay home, to stay home. Yeah, so just to chime in on that, it's actually what I'm dealing with in Fells Point is you, you, <laughs> I have never dealt with as a business owner in all of my life. I mean, it is more unsafe what's happening and going on in the in these areas than anything. I mean, we spend 
50% of our time policing the outside. I mean, they're buying drinks and they're into go cups. They have lids. They're, we're doing everything that we're supposed to. And then they walk away and open them up and are crowding the streets. They're sitting in their cars drinking. They're drinking out of their trunks. There's, you know, no policing. And we're spending, as business owners, most of our time policing the areas. Hey, guys, move forward six feet. You know, follow the guidelines. It's because they have nowhere to go. So they're, they want to support restaurants and bars. But then where do they go after they get their food and their drinks? They're going to stand on your sidewalk. And, you know, South Point's not that big of sidewalks. Or more importantly, hang out in the squares. I mean, the um, we have closed early both nights that we were open. We're only doing Friday through Sunday right now and Wednesdays for dinner. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we had to close early because the amount of people that were out in the streets, it was like South Point Festival, but no guidance. So that's more unsafe than being than just saying, hey, guys, you know what? We're going to allow you outdoor seating. You guys control how many guests that you have in by doing reservations, making sure there's time in between each one so that you can sanitize the tables. We're doing throwaway menus. You know, whatever it is that your restaurant decides to do to follow the guidelines, then what's going on right now? I'd like, I'd like to ask you guys a question. Um, so let's say that the, let's say that the process doesn't occur. Let's say that we, let's say that he doesn't hold his word. Let's say that that does occur at that point, And this is where, where I really talk about decision time, right? At that point, when is the, when do you hit the point where you're like, I, I got to open, I, I, I have to open, I'm opening. It is what it is. We've seen it already occur in New Jersey and a couple other places where some of these businesses have done it. People have come out and supported. If you go into some of these Facebook groups like Reopen Maryland, I'm sure that a lot of you have joined that one. There's a Reopen Baltimore County that, that I believe has done a very good job. I think I even invited some of you guys to that group um, that they're willing to come out and support the restaurants and the businesses that decide we're reopening that don't tread on me kind of, you know, uh, uh, feeling, do you, do you make that decision? And do you, I mean, I know that's a tough one to ask, but I'm, I'm just curious. And I believe that a lot of us want to know that is do you, when does the point happen where you guys go, I'm, I'm fucking opening and I, I, it is what it is. I'll deal with the consequences later. I think that point's coming sooner than later. Um, at, at least in my mind, uh, if you could get a, enough restaurants to create a united front and say, Hey, this is when we're opening, you know, um, it has to be United front. Um, it's, it's gotta be enough of us to do that. It can't just be, you know, a dozen, it, it's gotta be almost a statewide or countywide kind of effort. Um, I think if we do that, that, that could definitely send a message. Um, but we're getting to that point where in the next couple of weeks, if, if they don't announce phase two, um, that's what we got to start thinking about. Yeah, and so Nick, what's your what's your take on that? I know that you're I know you're a little bit more conservative, you know, play by the rules kind of guy and, and things like that. But do you, if if let's say let's say let's just play let's play um, you know devil's advocate here. Let's say Steve goes, I'm opening. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, that's a that's a tough spot. Um, I mean, it is fight or flight kind of timing, but. I'm hoping that something like this and the conversation that Steve, it's not like Steve's going with pitchforks to you know, Johnny O's house. He sent him a professional text, giving him the opportunity to make those decisions appropriately. 
having a podcast like this as, as professionals do to help push this movement, um, stressing this. Um, I'd like to think that we're in a place that this is, this is going to go down the right path. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know if I feel 100% comfortable jumping to any conclusion because this is the one step that I think we need to make um, to get our voices heard. And I think this is a step that I'm, I'm aggressively going to share. <laughs> so, um, but Steve, if you need a call, you, you let me know. Don't, don't skip over me. <laughs> I, I won't. <laughs> I appreciate that. Erica, what, what's your take on that one? Um, so I, I kind of think, I mean, it all just depends. I mean, in, in, at my city location, if I think it's when the PPP money runs out and then you get to the point where you still have to pay employees, you still have to pay bills. And then it's, you know, I mean, as far as, you know, I'm concerned, uh, you know, I don't, we're not taking paychecks right now. I mean, even with all of this going on, I mean, Towson is, Towson, there's no, there's no paychecks. Everyone's, you know, furlough or laid off. I'm not on unemployment, you know? So I think it's like, it's getting to the point where I think, you know, June 30th is when, you know, PPP money runs out or you have to have your full-time equivalent employees hired back. And a lot of these things are going to, you know, come into play and people are going to hit July and say, wait a minute, there's no more money. What do we do? Um, and that's when I'm going to open this, you know, if, if, if I will stand united with my restaurant, you know, uh, entrepreneurs and business owners, because I'm in it with them. We're all in it together. And that's what I tell a lot of the restaurant and, and bar owners, you know, I understand it's a little bit tough for music venues or just straight bars that are not, aren't serving food. Um, you know, obviously I want to get them open too, but you can't really take precautions when you're at a music or at a music venue to stay six feet apart. That's not the purpose. But when you're dining with your family or, you know, up until I even close that Sunday, I mean, I had children in the restaurant dining with their their families and you know I, I just feel like honestly once the ppp money runs out and there's nothing left left for us business owners to do or restaurant owners to do that's when that's going to happen where people are just going to start opening back up yeah and and i tr i truly feel that i feel like you're gonna you guys are gonna get to the point where you 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 have two there's two roads right there's the fork in the road you're either going to close and you're going to have to do certain, you're going to have to make certain moves at that point where you're either a, going to have to claim bankruptcy. You're going to have to wait until everything is back to normal and then reopen a whole new business and go through that whole uh, situation again, or you're going to, you're going to face what potential music could be out there um, in a negative way and reopen and see what happens. My, my belief is this, if you guys all did reopen at the exact same time, I, I believe that the community around you would, would, um, would come around and support you. You will lose customers. I believe you will lose customers. I told Steve this. I said, you will lose certain customers um, that have maybe have been loyal customers in, in the past because um, of their, their opinion of the situation. Um, you, there, will be, there will be backlash online, right? How could you open, you know, how could you do this? The, the safety of, of the community. And of course you're gonna see all of that, but I believe that the positive and the negative um, would be very balanced, if not the positive, be a little bit more. And that's just me from judging what I'm seeing from the masses that are speaking currently online. When I open up uh, these particular pages and I read the comment section, great post comment section is 180 degrees the opposite way. That's when I start to go, eh, the community's kind of uh, coming back. And that's what happened with this initial 
we're just going to stay shut for a little bit longer on retail stores and things like that. The county stood up, the people stood up and went, no, nope, that's not happening. County pushed back, even though yesterday didn't go our way with that 45 day state of emergency thing. I'm not sure you guys watched that video. Thank you, Todd, for, for standing up for the, for the rest of the entrepreneurs and business centers out there. Um, I would recommend going and, and watching that video of the, of the council talking. It was interesting to say the least, but at the end of the day, um, the community is pushing back. And I think that is one of the things that sent Johnny O to go, Hey, all right, all right. I'll open retail 10 people at a time, this, that, and everything else. I got that. But then you got to really start looking at some of the other stuff that we're looking at here. And we're saying, okay, well, the big, the big stores are open, right? Walmart's open, Target's open. This place is open. This place is open. There's more than 10 people in here at a time. There's, these things are happening. They've, they've got the precautions there. Why, why not you guys? Like why, what is the, what is the main reason for the restaurant situation not to be open? My question was always, why is restaurants not in phase one? Like, why is it not in phase one? It should be in phase one. Originally, I believe it was in phase three. It got moved to phase two. Barbershops and hair salons were in phase three. They got moved to phase one. Now I'm hearing, and of course we're hearing all over the place, September was the, the first discussion of, of, of phase two, which if you do a an, uh, reverse image lookup, and nobody's ever done this yet, but that yellow, bit, uh, yellow document or yellow image that you've seen on Facebook that said September was where phase two would, would begin. Um, if you do a re image reverse lookup on that, um, what you'll find is that it was false. It was not true. That, that information was not true. It was completely incorrect. Uh, fake news, if you will, uh, quoting our president. And um, I think what these guys are doing right now is it's a day by day uh, situation. We're making, we're, they're making their opening decisions day by day. It's not something they're trying to plan, but if they plan and they stick to a date, then what they've done is, is they painted themselves back into a corner. My, my next question before we end here is, let's say we get open. Let's say we go at 50%. Then there's a resurgence and it continues and you guys got to shut back down. What then? <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. I, I lose enough sleep now. You know, that... I'm trying to be as optimistic as possible about this thing. And if, you know, it's, it's scary to think what, what could happen if we have to shut down again. And they, they better come out with another round of, of grants and funding. Right. And, I, and I hate the fact that we have to take government right. money to help us out. It's, oh, it, me too. It's, it's demoralizing. It's demoralizing. It is. It's, um, again, and a lot of the people that will listen to this podcast are entrepreneurs and as, as, everyone in this room from a mindset standpoint, we do not like taking money unless we're doing something in return for someone else or uh, a group of people. We don't like borrowing money. We don't like taking handouts. None of us in this room um, got where we are because we were handed something. A lot of us in this room have a last name, right? Where you think you got handed it and it didn't, and, and, you, and you did, and you worked your face off for it. Nick, I know that you probably deal with that more than probably anybody in this room having that last name. Steve, I know, you know, you got to live up to your dad's, you know, uh, uh, history um, over time. Erica, you just paved the way yourself. You just were like, fucking, I'm doing this. And, you know, your kids, unfortunately, are going to have to be like, hey, I have to, I have to compare myself to her. So um, it just well, is. Encourage your kids not to get into this business. Yes, yeah, so I was just going to oh, say. I know. <laughs> I know. 
it's it's a it's a love and hate relationship right now with this business. I'm sure, and I'm sure every single one of you will always tell your kids if when and when and if you guys uh, some of me Eric and I obviously have kids, but you you know you two guys are still kind of holding that off. It looks like and smart decision by the way. Um, when that does happen, I'm sure you're going to tell your kids not to get in the business. Unfortunately, they will not listen to you, and they will get in the business anyway. If they want to, that's that's their deal. Um, let's, uh, look, we, we can't do anything right now. Steve gave us some good news on this episode, which is, which I, you know, hopefully this good news will continue to, uh, perpetuate more good news for the restaurant industry out there. Um, Eric, I'll start with you, uh, social media, um, um, currently what can people do now to, um, support your restaurant? I know that you have a change, a, a change.org. Is that right? Document that you're, you're sending around there, um, to sign, but can you tell us a little bit about that real quick? Yeah, so um, right now what we're sending around is um, to be able to open up outdoor seating. I'm going to post it again on my social media, both Instagram and um, Facebook in the next hour. Um, we're just trying to get it out there. Uh, it's, it's received about, uh, I think around 3,000 um, signatures so far, which is nice. Um, and it's just basically, you know, let us reopen, outdoor seating, taking the precautions, you know, um, and it's not just for business owners and restaurant owners to sign, it's for everyone. It's for our consumers, it's for our, you know, our friends and family. Um, you know, that's getting the word out there that people feel comfortable to go out is important, not just us as restaurant owners saying, we want to open, we want to open, we want to open. Um, it's more of, yes, we want to open because we're providing a service for people. And on the other side, yes, I want to come out and support. Um, you know, right now, like I said, um, Sal's is open. We're, we're doing weekend brunch and dinner service uh, to go cocktails and stuff like that. Um, Towson is opening the first weekend in June, regardless if I have PPP or not. There, You know, I'm at the point where I got to do something. Um, I, a lot of my employees, couldn't get unemployment or didn't understand how to get unemployment. So they're sitting at home, they're waiting for this phone call to come back to work. So, you know, that's where I'm at with my locations. And, you know, hopefully moving forward, we can get some resolution, at least getting some outdoor seating, getting 50% capacity. Every, I, I feel like, you know, the pandemic was just something that none of us expected, but I also feel like it's brought a lot of people together. And I think moving forward, as long as, you know, different people or different restaurants and different retail shops, and we all stand united as small business owners and how we want to move forward and, and continuing communication, not just letting it fall off like, oh, we got our way, we, we got back open 50% or whatever it is. I, I feel like this is going to be a year-long conversation and communication between all of us how do we keep pushing how do we keep making the changes you know how do we get communication from our state and our government and even all the way down to our county um you know for next step you know it's really tough when you find out two days before whether or not you can open or not open so you know but yeah signing that petition i'm putting it on my social media page which is just eric chin russo um, or the point in cells and uh, the point in Towson states today. So please sign it if you can and if you agree with it. Yeah, and I'm sure Nick and Steve will, will, will go over there and, and they'll share that and sign that as well. And, you know, like the, like I said, the more people that we have involved in it, um, the better. Vic, please. Yeah, no, I mean, so many people involved in this, not just restaurants that are going through this, and I feel for them as well. There's no such thing as competition right now. There's, you know, I think we're all in this together. Um, it's genuine collaboration. It's the thought of win-win. I believe in 100% transparency. Uh, safety is, of course, the utmost importance. Dollars, dollar, but your health is, is most important. But what are the goals? Can, 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 they, can our electoral government be 
clear as to the expectations to get us to where we need to go so that we can operate, you know, um, so uh, and many, more, many more people to be able to operate. So put the challenge in our laps. I mean, we are intelligent people. We got the grit. This is the industry we chose. We got more grit than any other. We have the most creative team of people from, you know, young, old, black, white, gay, straight. I mean, the most creative people will come up with something, but at least give us the opportunity. Don't handcuff us to just saying that we have to be closed. Give us an outcome that you want and we'll, we'll deliver. Just give us what you need so that we can get open to do what we do best and serve our communities. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't have said that any better. Um, as, far as, as far as you guys right now, you, you're open for carry out, right? Yep, open for carry out, both locations, 12 to eight. Awesome, man. Awesome. And be sure to go follow uh, Nick and as well as like Lives Grow, Lives Grow Maple, uh, Lives Grow Maple Lawn. Be sure to do that. Um, follow them. Steve? Yeah, uh, we're open at both locations. Timonium's open 12 to 9 every day. Uh, Middle River uh, or White Marsh is open 3 to 9 Monday through uh, Friday and then Saturday and Sunday 11 uh, to 9. Um, it's really easy. People just can go to michaelscafe.com uh, and place a carryout order if they, um, you know, so wish to choose so. Before I end, I want to grab one more thing from you guys. Um, as, as far as online ordering goes, um, I know a lot of restaurant owners are struggling with that right now. Um, as far as online ordering, like Grubhub, DoorDash, that type of thing, just real quick, your opinions on it. Um, you know, they, they offered a, you know, a 30 day free trial kind of thing. Um, I did my own investigations on that. It ain't a 30 day free trial. Um, and they're taking about 30% cut. Um, and they're not backing down from that 30% cut. They're, they're all very, very, very rich companies. Um, they do very, very well. Uh, and they're, and I, my belief is that they have not done quite, quite enough for the, for the industries and they're, they're really monopolizing it at this point. Um, just a real quick, like 10 second, 15 second opinion on those and what you guys are doing to kind of, um, get around that or you, uh, or you just using them period and just dealing with it, Erica. So we 86 the app, we are in a movement with, um, the owner of Duck, Duck Goose. Um, hashtag 86 apps. We do not use any of them. Um, I reached out to Grubhub and DoorDash when we started, you know, started opening back up, asked them to do reduced fees. They refused. So we do everything in-house. Everything's online. You can either call in and on or do it online, pick up or delivery. We offer delivery within five mile radius and it's working so far, um, you know, but I just feel like, you know, that's, that's, they've taken advantage of the restaurant industry. I mean, I don't think consumers even understood how much they were taking before all of this. And then to have them still do that after all of this, you know, I have tons of companies, including your company, Todd, that has worked with us and said, hey, look, let me help you on fees. Let me help you on payments. Let me help you on this, this, and that. So that, because we're in it together, and in the long run, we're going to get back together mm -hmm. and, you know, be able to be profitable and, and but for them, I, I turned off all my apps. Nick? I've been participating in the DoorDash delivery, uh, kind of cringes over that. And to be honest, I'm, I'm glad that the clarity came out. There's an additional fee associated to our guests. So now it's not just the restaurant that is paying for this, it's, it's you, the consumer. Um, so, you know, please allow us the opportunity to deliver to you. Um, but at the current moment, we're using that because uh, we're kind of limited on the, on the, on the staff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, 
win-lose will never get you far. There's some other vendors that have been wonderful in the process. I mean, we use Resi system. We switched over and they've been fantastic. Already said all the way up until January 1, you have it free and they've been offering tons of help for that. So you'll see companies like that eat up those greedy SOBs soon. So, and I can't wait till they do. Yeah, Resi, Resi being one of our partners, um, when, I, when I noticed Open Table being an issue for a lot of restaurants out there, we partnered with Resi. Uh, it was a Gary Vaynerchuk, um, and you guys got, you knew that I got a little bit of a connection there, but that was a Gary Vaynerchuk um, startup. Uh, he ended up selling that company, but, um, but yeah, they, they do great. Um, and uh, so, Steve, where are you at with those guys? Uh, fuck them. They're, they're, they're bottom feeders, <laughs> as, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we've dealt with them before this whole thing, um, you know, for a week here and there, uh, had nothing but problems with their service. Um, they take it upon themselves to put our menu online without even telling us and, and start service. So you got people coming in, hey, where's, you know, where's the delivery driver? Where's my, what, what are you talking about? So I've had a bad taste in my mouth with both DoorDash and Grubhub since day one. And I, I, I'll, I'll never deal with them. Yeah, so to give you guys an idea, and just so you guys know this, what they do is they run, because they're a heavily profited company, they run Google ads in display that show up on your Google My Business pages. So when your customers go to click that, they see that you have DoorDash delivery, they click that, right? Because their, their human behavior is laziness. They click that and then they show up and then they start sending people to your door. And then your assumption is, oh, okay, well, I'm getting business from this. I'm going to do it. And then when you look at the bill at the end of the month, you, you see three different lines of commissions. No, no, no description of what the commission is, just three different lines of commissions. And at the end of the day, after food costs and everything else, you're, you're in the red, right? Um, and so that's why we partnered with, um, and this is just, again, just to giving you guys a heads up and, and you can always spread the rumor around, but we partnered with Toast. And Toast has, uh, Toast POS is, is, in my personal opinion, uh, the best POS system currently running right now for restaurants. Um, they're offering online ordering. Um, if you want to go look at a couple different restaurants, you can. I know Jimmy's is using them right now for POS. And We're using them. Yeah. and you said, to you said Toast, right? Toast POS. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was probably one of their first customers in Baltimore County. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, and we've got, we've got the online thing going through them. It's, it's a great platform. It's spectacular. And it's yep. one of the reasons that we partner with them. Um, I wish you guys would have all told me that in the very beginning, but it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's completely fine. As long as you're using them, I'm happy. Um, but Hey, look, you guys all have opportunities out there um, to, to use these companies. And I believe when we get together and we have discussions like this, and hopefully this will turn into something new, maybe this will turn into something where, I create a group where you know all our clients get together and you guys can tell me what you want and then I can go create it and give it to you and make it in, or make a partnership happen where um, we can we can all thrive and do better. Um, the reason one of the other reasons I wanted to record this episode is you know 20 years from now we can all look back when we were all really good looking and um, <laughs> hopefully laugh about this on a beach somewhere together, cheers in each other, saying, "Boy, back then." You know, we had some gray hairs. We got some more gray hairs uh, over that three or four month period, but uh, we're sitting pretty now and we can watch our kids, uh, you know, destroy the businesses that we've worked so hard to create. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, hey, listen, I, I, I love all three of you deeply. You're all, you've all, uh, you all started out as clients and I think you guys all know how I feel about all three of you. I consider you all very close three friends of mine. Um, I'm not going to get emotional about it, but um, I'm going to stick through you uh, through this entire thing. I will be behind you 100%.
any decision that you make, whether it's to open or not open, I'll be there um, at the door with a sign, whatever the fuck it is. And any cash I got in my pocket, I'll be spending at your places. And I think you guys all know that about me. Um, so uh, this, this podcast is going to end and this video is going to go up on social media. And hopefully this video gives you all an insight into Baltimore County, the restaurants, the families, the people that are, that are out here that are suffering and sacrificing and trying to get this to move forward so we can get through this together and at the same time bring our county back to where it belongs um, at the top, which is where we all were before this pandemic hit. So uh, Erica, Nick, Steve, I want to thank you all three for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Good being on with you guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Bad Reputation Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and share what you may have learned with someone else today. Remember, your reputation is everything.